Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. This is AI-powered ambient technology that helps physicians be more efficient and reduce clinical documentation burden. This is awesome technology. To learn more about how DAX Copilot can help reduce burnout and restore the joy of practicing medicine, ophthalmology, and other areas of medicine as well, visit nuance.com slash discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com slash discover D-A-X. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Knock Knock Eye with Dr. Glockenflecken. This is a spinoff of Knock Knock High. This is the uh, the time of, of night. I'm always recording this late at night. Oh, it's not late. It's Well, it's late for me. I'm, I'm a 38-year-old, 38, 38, 38 uh, and so yeah, it is typically my bedtime by now. It's like 9.45 in the evening, but it doesn't matter. But this is the chance... The kids are in bed. I'm ready to talk about eyeballs. Let's do this. Uh, so if, whether or not you're uh, you're listening on your commute, I've had a couple people email me like, this is great to listen to while I'm driving to work. Kind of surprises me. Really? Th- this is, I, I mean, it's fine. I love being listened to. That, that's, I mean, that's why I'm doing this for you guys. But uh, this is what you want to listen to on your way to work? Eyeballs? You want to hear about a... Like, a, I don't know, gonorrhea conjunctivitis? I haven't done an episode on that, but maybe I should. I don't know. Maybe just conjunctivitis in general. That'll be my most disgusting episode I've ever done. I hate conjunctivitis. Anyway, it doesn't matter what. If you're listening to this on your commute, uh, at home, uh, cooking dinner, I, what, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe you just want to listen to this, uh, listen to my voice as I drone on about eyeballs to help you get to sleep at night. It doesn't matter. I'm glad you're here um, because uh, um, this is one of the only chances I get on my in my social media Glockenfleck in life to really just get in depth, get in there, get, talk about those looking balls a little bit. So we are going to, um, before actually before I get to the topic for today, I gotta, I gotta talk about something that just has really kind of pissed me off over the past week. This is a topic that comes up like well, probably once a year. I see this all over social media. I'm talking about eye color change surgery. Now you guys know, as one of the most public-facing ophthalmologists out there. I hate using the word famous because I don't feel famous, but I guess for like a content creation ophthalmology person, I'm I'm like the most famous or one of the most famous of those types of things, types of people. So anytime something bad happens to someone's eyeball, I get it gets sent to me like a thousand times. And this was one of those cases that made the rounds on social media where this poor young woman, I think she's a model, 
and and this was actually it happened I think in like 2018. But again, these things just they just resurface every so often. Someone's trying to generate clicks, so they write an article about something. I don't know. But this woman went to Columbia and decided to have a surgery, a cosmetic surgery, to change her eye color. Change her eye color. And guess what? It didn't go well. I could have you could have guessed that that would be the case. Uh, blindness, pain, glaucoma, just lost vision. And it's sad, and it it always makes me so angry that there are people that do this. And for for a long time, I I always thought like, why? What is it about eyes? Like people do stuff like this to the people just do stuff to their eyes. They they get a, people get tattoos of the on their eye. They 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 get ink. They go to a tattoo parlor and have somebody who I assume is not an eye surgeon to inject ink underneath the conjunctiva to make their eye a, a different color, make the, the white of their eye a different color. People do this. People use urine eye drops to, to treat their various maladies. And I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I, I, I even saw something about someone pierced their eyeball, which is giving yourself an open globe injury. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. People do things to their eyes. And it's, it's, and I guess it's just because if, if it's the first thing people see, right, you meet someone, you make eye contact with them, uh, photos, videos, the eyes are such a, a, such a, an important part of your face, maybe the most important part of your face in my unbiased opinion. And so it's, it's an, it's obviously going to be, it's, it's right there for cosmetic procedures like people don't like the look of their eye in some way or the eye color or whatever they want to change the appearance of it and so you get these unscrupulous individuals around the world that are willing to do outrageous things to people's perfectly healthy eyeballs and eye color change is one of those things so there's two ways that this is done the first and the way that this this woman that that made the rounds on social media this past week, uh, this, I'm recording this uh, January seventh, is um, she went to Columbia and they did this surgery where they make a small the surgeon made a small incision in the cornea, which is okay. We're okay so far. I do that. We all do that. That's how eye surgery is done small incision in the cornea, but they in, they inserted this silicone ring that has color to it that's designed to sit on top of your iris and produce a different color. So it's not like, it's not changing your iris, at least, you know, at, at first. It doesn't, it, it, the, your iris, your, say you're, you got, this, like this woman, she had brown eyes. She still has brown eyes. She still has an iris there, but they just put this colored silicone ring in front of it so you don't see your natural iris. You just see this silicone ring that has this gray color to it. Um, the problem is you're putting a foreign body that has not been tested very much, I assume. Uh, it certainly wouldn't pass. It, it's not FDA approved in this country. It's not... Like nobody does this type of color change surgery in the U.S. and and I don't know where else you can get this done, but um uh and so you have this this foreign body that's being put into the eye, 
And the eye doesn't like when that happens. All right. Now we do that with cataract surgery, but those implants have, have we've talked about cataract surgery, have been tested. Uh, they are inert. They don't cause any reaction. Where we put them is important in the eye to prevent any kind of chafing or inciting any inflammation, which is exactly what happened with this iris implant that this woman had. It caused a ton of inflammation in the eye. The eye doesn't like getting inflamed. It doesn't want to have inflammation in there. And then it, it produced glaucoma because that can happen when you get lots of inflammation in the eye. Glaucoma leading to optic nerve damage, blindness. She's lucky she didn't lose her eye. And it just didn't have to happen. That's the thing. It, it's, so that's, that's the first way that this is done and, and by far the worst way to do this. Both ways are bad. Like this should never be done. You, this should not be a cosmetic procedure. The other way, unfortunately, is something you can actually find in, in the U.S. Yeah, you can just Google eye color change surgery and you can find people in New York in LA, who will do this for you? It's called keratopigmentation. Uh, uh, it's injecting dye into your cornea, kind of right over where the iris would be. So when someone looks directly at you, they would see this, this injected pigment in the cornea. Again, it just sits, basically it's in front of your iris. So it's like blocking your natural iris. A permanent thing like you're you only get one cornea you only get one eye you don't you don't do stuff like this it it's people i don't know what it is about the eye like the eye is an organ you guys it's an organ like your heart or your or your lungs or your liver the eye is an organ a very vi it's not a vital organ because you can't live without them but it's a, it's a very important organ, all right? Some would say, me, the most important organ. Cardiologists may quibble with that a little bit, but, but I, I, yeah, I could make my case. Um, and you, you don't go messing around with your organs. There's, there's, you should never do a cosmetic procedure that's not, that's untested, that's experimental, that you have to travel like across the like across the world to get someone's going to charge you 10 grand I don't know how much this thing costs but to do this with an exceptionally high complication rate you don't do that to your organs okay you can't grow more of those you can't transplant an organ you can transplant other organs you can't transplant an eyeball you can transplant a cornea not the whole eyeball so if you have a complication that causes glaucoma and blindness you're kind of that's it that's it. You run out of vision. And I don't, you know, it's, I, I, I can't, there's a little bit of blame on the people that seek this out, I guess. But in the end, it's really on the people that are doing this surgery. Because, you know, who knows what the, the general public, people that seek this out, they've been told something or they've, uh, they've been marketed to, and uh, people are susceptible to that kind of thing. And th these are people that don't have, don't have medical background who are just being told, Hey, this is a great procedure. It's safe. You know, look at this. If you only, is the, here's the fee. I'm happy to do this for you. I mean, it's just, and then they go for it. And so really, we sh it's, 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 all of the blame for this type of thing is on these doctors 
who do this to people. It's unconscionable. It's unethical. It's criminal, in my opinion. And I guess the point is just don't don't do it because your eyes are beautiful. I don't know who's listening to this. If you don't like your eye color, I, I wish you would because I have dark brown eyes. Um, my whole family does. And I mean, especially like I, I see, I look at eyes all day and, and dark brown eyes are beautiful under the microscope. It's just, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And then, and then why, why I don't know. I just don't understand why you'd want to change that. It's, it's just don't change your eye color. Okay. They're perfect. Your eyes are perfect. All right, let's take a break. <laughs> and then I just, I had to get that off my chest. I'm so, I hate the, of all the things that I see people do to their eyes, the eye color change surgery is the most heartbreaking uh, because it doesn't, it just doesn't need to happen. It should never happen. And, uh, and nobody should do this. And the people that do it should go to jail for it. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Hey, Kristen, doesn't it seem like AI can do anything? It seems that way. It's right? everywhere. It is. But have you heard of Precision? No, tell me. This is the first ever electronic health record integrated infectious disease AI platform. Mm, that sounds fancy. Yeah, it's what really does it mean? exciting. Uh, so for any specific patient, it takes all the patient's clinical data and automatically highlights better antibiotic coverage in real time. Oh, nice. Yeah. It empowers clinicians to save more lives while also working more efficiently mm. and quickly. To see a demo, go to precision.com slash KKH. That's precision spelled with an X instead of an E. So P-R-X-C-I-S-I-O-N dot com slash KKH. All right, we are back. And I'm just I'm gonna stay on like the, the 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 eye color thing and talk about the iris for the next like 10 minutes. All right. We're going we're to learn about the iris. I don't really have a case for you today. I just thought, you know, the, the iris, it's, it's a cool part of the eye. It's interesting. People have a lot of questions about the iris. So I'm just going to, I haven't like, like planned out a whole lot of what I'm going to say here, but I'm just going to just, just as I usually do in these episodes, just uh, 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 let things fall out of my brain that just come to me about the iris. So this is what I know about the iris. Let's talk about the anatomy first. So we all know what the iris is, but where is it? Well, it's inside the eye. Uh, so we're going front to back on the eye. So front you, the first thing is that clear covering the cornea, right? Right in the front. If you get through the cornea, you're going toward the back now. First thing you're going to hit is your iris, all right? And there's a hole right in the middle of the iris. That's your pupil. So that black spot right in the middle, it's not really a hole in the iris. It's like the, the iris, just the way it forms, it ends up forming this pupil, this hole. That's like an aperture in a camera. You need that because that's going to allow light to get through to the back of the eye. You need that because you got to have that light land on your retina to send a signal to the optic nerve and through to your brain. So that, that hole in the middle of your iris is extremely important. The pupil is very important. And so what exactly does the, or well, I'll, I'll do a little bit more in the anatomy of the iris. So there's layers of tissue within the iris. It's actually a somewhat complicated structure. Um, there's, there's pigment, there's layers of pigment, which we'll, I'll get to in a second. There's also muscle in the iris. 
and there's stroma, there's there's other tissue in there, but I, probably the two most important things are the pigment and the muscles. There's a dilator muscle and there's a, 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 a constrictor muscle. And so what exactly, what's the purpose of the iris? Why do we have an iris? The most important thing is, is it just is because we need something that controls the aperture of our, of our eye, which is, is it's like a camera, right? And so if you're in a dark environment, if you're at the movies, if you're walking around at night, you want as much light to be able to get into your eye as possible. So your pupil, the iris, is going to dilate. That dilator muscle is going to activate. It's going to open up that iris. Talking about cranial nerve three. Uh, and it's going to allow more light to get in the eye. On the flip side, if you're in a very really bright environment, you're at the beach, you forgot your sunglasses, don't worry, your iris has got your back, all right? It's going to constrict, also cranial nerve three, it's going to constrict and, uh, and close that pupil off as much as possible, really, really small pupil to limit the amount of light that gets into your eye. So that's the main purpose of the of the of the iris. All right, it acts as a, it controls that pupil, dilates and constricts. It also does. Uh, there's other things with constricting. Also allows you to accommodate. So whenever you're reading a book or looking at your phone or scrolling TikTok late at night, not not only are you looking at something up close, which causes constriction of the pupil, but also the light from your phone is causing you know the constriction. Um, and so that, that constriction of the pupil from the iris allows you to see a little bit better up close. Those are the main functions of the iris. Uh, and, and so now what gives the iris, this is the, the question, the, really the question of the day, because I've, I've gotten asked this question a lot. Uh, what gives the iris its color? Like why does someone have blue eyes or black, brown eyes or green eyes? Hazel. Uh, it's just a matter of how much pigment there is in the pigment layer of the iris. So those of us with a lot of pigment who have really dark brown eyes, all right, you got you got tons of pigment in there. It's all over the place. And so the light gets absorbed by that pigment and it it reflects as brown. It's you know, it's brown. People with brown eye, uh, sorry, with blue eyes, if you have blue eyes, you don't have a lot of pigment there. And so instead of the pigment absorbing that light, it gets reflected, it gets scattered. Kind of like how the, the blue, the, the, uh, the gases in the atmosphere scatter light and causes it to appear blue to you. Similar thing with the eye. So there's not a lot of pigment to absorb light. So the light will scatter and it'll, it'll present to others and to yourself as a blue color. And if you have hazel or green or basically somewhere in between brown and blue, uh, it's just varying levels of pigment. Maybe you have a little bit more pigment, and so you get more of a hazel appearance to your eyes. Um, the most common eye color is brown worldwide. I think blue is after that. I want to say green is, is pretty rare. It's like 2% of people have green eyes, something like that. Um, so that's eye color. Now, people can have different colored eyes. This is kind of cool. Uh, it's, a, it's something called heterochromia. Heterochromia, where you have one eye that's lightly colored, one eye that's darker colored. Uh, the most common example of why this happens with, is with um, uh, 
is with Horner's syndrome. And I'll do a separate video just on Horner's syndrome. There's a lot to talk about with Horner's syndrome. But basically, it's um, part of what what developmentally, whenever your your eyes are developing in utero, um, it's this it's sympathetic innervation. So we have sympathetic, your fight or flight response, sympathetics, sympathetic innervation is what kind of starts to stimulate the pigment deposition and, and, and it darkens your iris basically is when you have, when you have, um, um, a normal amount of sympathetic innervation genetics are going to it as well, but, but that's what the sympathetic system does. So if you, if you lose your sympathetics, which happens in Horner syndrome, there's a ton of reasons why you could lose that. Then you'll end up with one eye that's more lighter. That's a lighter color than the other. And that's a sign of like congenital Horner syndrome, where you have a, a baby that, that doesn't develop a darker, that has one iris that's darker than the other. The lighter colored iris is probably going to be the abnormal one. It could be a Horner syndrome. Um, and so it's, the, the iris is, it's such a fascinating structure and, uh, it's, um, there's a, a lot of different, uh, things that can go awry with the iris. Uh, one of the most, one of the most interesting ones is, is a disease called aniridia. Uh, and this is actually a part of my ophthalmology fun fact for today. So, um, aniridia is an absence of the iris. You can be born without an iris. And there are genetic uh, diseases that can cause an, a congenital absence of the iris, um, and it's it's very interesting because you just you look at these people with an with aniridia, and they have like a, a little tiny nub of an iris, but in general it's completely gone. You can imagine the type of problems that that causes. So a lot of light sensitivity, because again you don't have an iris that constricts to limit the amount of light that comes into the eye. So you get a lot of light sensitivity. Generally, the vision is not very good if you have aniridia, if you're born with aniridia. Usually about a 2200 level is a kind of the max that you can get. Um, and uh, because you need, you need to be able to, to modulate the amount of light coming into the eye to allow you to have a, a better acuity, but also when you're born with aniridia, so like congenital cases of aniridia, they're often associated with other problems in the eye as well. So they have what's called foveal hypoplasia. We're kind of getting in the weeds here, but I just, again, I told you, I was just going to spitball this, this iris stuff. Foveal hypoplasia comes along with aniridia where the fovea, I think we've talked about the fovea, it's right in the center of your retina where light comes in. It gets focused right on the fovea. That's what gives you your perfect crystal clear vision. Well, people with aniridia will often not have a fovea. They have foveal hypoplasia. The fovea doesn't develop, so they don't have that ability to have perfect crystal clear vision. And then another kind of wrinkle to the, uh, to the aniridia discussion is um, um, we talked about how some people can have... Um, I think the vast majority of aniridia cases are congenital aniridia, um, or sorry, uh, uh, genetic. Are, are, um, it, most of it's congenital, but um, it, a lot of the majority of aniridia is familial. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but a smaller percentage can be just sporadic. You have a mutation that causes you to have aniridia, and so 
one thing we're taught in ophthalmology school, ophthalmology residency, is and someone that comes in with aniridia or, or a child has aniridia, because um, typically they present very early in life, right, with this. If there's no family history whatsoever, you know what you have to do? I'm just quizzing you all. Like very few of you are going to know this, but um, you got to check. You got to get a CT scan. You got to check for a, a deadly kidney tumor called a Wilms tumor, a Wilms tumor. It goes along with the type of mutation that causes sporadic cases of aniridia. So we're talking about like no genetic, no, uh, no, sorry, no uh, familial component to it. They just had a mutation that causes aniridia. Well, it can also cause this deadly kidney tumor. That's like a, if you don't get that question right on the boards, like you fail the boards. There's like certain questions like that. You have to know the answer because it, you could save someone's life or conversely, like, like res, you know, result in the death of someone if you miss something. So um, uh, sporadic aniridia, Wilms tumor. Now you can all pass your ophthalmology boards if you want to shell out a couple thousand dollars to take those. Let's see, what else can I tell you about, about our, I would, here's what I, here's what I would recommend you all do. Go on, um, there's this fantastic website that uh, I used to be the editor-in-chief of, I will say, in residency. It's called iRounds, iRounds.org. All right, check it out. I, I've not, they've not paid me. This is free advertising for iRounds because I love it so much. Um, it, they have amazing photos. They have this is probably world famous for ophthalmology photography. And so go in and just look at iris photos. Look at, if you're ever thinking, man, I, my, my eye color sucks, go and look at iris colors, uh, iris photos and, 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 and see how beautiful the iris can be. All right, under a microscope. And, and, and you can also, they have photos of, of all kinds of different diseases as well. So if you want to look at someone, what does aniridia look like? Go check out irounds.org. All right. That's, that's, that's as much as we're going to get into with, with, with the iris. Uh, the, other, the other thing is uh, one thing my mentor, uh, Tom Oding at the University of Iowa, told me uh, is in, in surgery, you never mess with the iris which I, I agree with. So to all the ophthalmology residents and med students listening, yeah, just to stay away from the iris in the operating room. Don't mess with the iris. Some of this, some of the advice I'm going to give you on this podcast is going to appeal to like seven people. All right. So I hope you don't, if, if you, if you're never, if you're like, I'm, I'm probably not ever going to be inside an eye. All right. Then don't worry about it. All right. But now, you know, now, you know, now, you know, you can tell your eye doctor, Hey, be careful. You go inside my eye. Don't mess with the iris. All right. Dr. Glockham Flecken told me you stay away from that thing. All right. Don't want to mess with it. Um, there's other things that we can look at, uh, with the iris, other things that I look for, especially on like, like seeing patients with diabetes who might be, have, maybe they have a pretty severe diabetes. They've had diabetes for like 30, 40 years. Sometimes you can get neovascularization of the iris where we see big vessels that start to grow into the iris. That's unusual. That's a sign that the eye is ischemic, that there's severe retinopathy. So we always watch out for that. So there's, it's, it's a fascinating structure. And, but the bottom line is, and this is the don't do that eyeball tip of the week. Yep. You guessed it. Don't change your eye color people. God, don't do it. Don't do it. Because if you do it, you're going to end up on a TikTok and I'm going to get mad. I'm going to, I'm going to get, I'm going to be very upset. 
and uh, which I actually haven't made a TikTok about this topic. Probably by the time this episode comes out, I will have a a video about about eye color change. But um, anyway, that's that is. Let's see what else. Oh, oh, uh, I wanted to. So the the episode of of where I talked about diabetic retinopathy just just um, uh, just dropped, and a lot of people were hor- were horrified about my discussion about uh, injections in the eye, which again, that uh, that's usually the response from people like, "What you're gonna put what in my eye?" So I, I want to just reassure all of you thinking that, like, don't, don't be scared of the eye injections. So most of the time it's retina specialists that do those eye injections. Uh, they, they do like 60 of them every day. It's just, it's not, it's not a big deal. They're very good at it and they have ways to do it where it's totally painless, painless. All right. Or maybe just like a little, little, little tiny poke, a little burn when they put the numbing medicine on there. But it's they're so good at it, and and it's 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 a, a amazing, an amazing treatment. And we'll talk about macular degeneration at some point. But um, it it those injections, those medications that they put into the back of the eye can be used to treat so many different things. Um, so don't be scared of injections. Let's see. Did I get to everything? I think that's everything. So thank you all. Uh, hope you enjoyed this on your commute <laughs> for wherever you're listening. I'm your host, Will Flannery, also known as Dr. Glock and Flecken. Uh, special thanks to my producers, Aaron Corney, Rob Goldman, and Shanti Brook. Editor and engineer, Jason Pertizzo. Our music is by Omer Benzvi. Uh, thank you so much. And give me your, I, again, you can let me know either in like YouTube comments or on your uh, you know, comment on your favorite podcasting app or uh, where else? Uh, knock, knock, hi at human-content.com. That's knock, knock, hi at human-content.com. You can reach out to me uh, and let me know what you want to hear about. What are your the, your burning eyeball questions? Ooh, that would be, I got to do something with that. Burning, because that that's like multiple meanings there. Burning eyeball questions. Uh, if you have burning eyeballs, you could have chlamydia. That's, I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much, everyone. We'll see you next time.